What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. The Warriors beat the Lakers. LeBron gets his load managed. And the trade deadline, trade deadline, trade deadline, all coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome in to Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles D. Hamilton. What is happening As I mentioned, the Lakers and Warriors faced off on Saturday on a ABC primetime game, 5.30 tip. That 5.30 tip off is weird, but I get it. It's for the East Coast. You know, got to get them their games. Understandable. Uh, The Warriors get the win, 115-101. to LeBron James had his load managed. (laughs) That's what they called it, load management. He did not play. I usually don't go as far as to say someone is ducking a team or ducking a game or anything like that, but that's what this was. He was ducking the Warriors, understandably so. You know, they already won on Christmas, not worried about it, or maybe he is worried about it, I don't know. But the bottom line is when you come back the game before and you have a day off in between and then you're going to lo- manage your load against the Warriors two days later, it's, it's pretty whack, but whatever. He did not play. LeBron James did not. And so going into this game, seemed like it'd be an easy Warriors win, right? Makes sense. But not the case. Not the case. Steph Curry had probably his worst three quarters uh, ever. Worst. Maybe his worst game. But he did come and play well in the fourth. But the worst three quarters he's had... And I, I, I don't know how long he went over eight from the field in those three quarters, had two points, two for two from the free throw line. Well, excuse me, actually two for three. He ended up, that's how bad it was going. He missed a technical free throw thing, rattled in and out, in and out, three rebounds, two assists, two points, two turnovers in three quarters. It was bad. And at the end of the third quarter, Warriors were up to, luckily, uh, coming back from about down 10. It was an ugly game. It was ugly for Steph. Clay and KD played pretty well. Not great. Uh, KD was was really good, but we'll get back to what the problem was. He only took 13 shots, and that's not bad. I mean, going 8 of 13 is good. It's really good, but the problem is, why is he only taking 13 shots if he's playing that efficient cousins was up and down i mean the 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 stat line you look at at the end of the game for cousins he was five of 15 one of five from three he did get to the free throw line seven times knocked down all of them which was good to see probably should have gotten there more he had plenty to say about it after the game but not really he didn't he didn't he's being sly about it uh make sure he doesn't get fined but he did have a double double 18 points 10 rebounds four assists Still not his 
his best game. It's it's funny. It might have been actually one of his worst games for all the shots he kind of bricked at the at uh, at the hoop while being defended, obviously. But he thought he should have gotten to the line, did not. Oh well. Andre Iguodala had a huge game as he continues to do against the Lakers, which is interesting. But all of this doesn't. I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but the fact is that LeBron James didn't play, so you're playing against, you know, a lot of young role players, basically. And I'm going to talk about uh, some of the role players a little later also when we get to the trade deadline stuff. But here's some of the stuff I had from the game. The Warriors were just aggressively sloppy, not careless. Uh, Steph has had just some awful turnovers the last couple games. Like, what are you even trying to do type of turnovers? You know, hopefully cleans it up, but that was not good. And that first quarter for Steph was was bad. You know, he went 0 for the field and two turnovers. It led to four points. Here's another note that I had that is pretty funny. Uh, Mo Wagner is a spaz. He is. He's Tyler Hansborough with a jumper and a wet jumper. I mean, the guy, he's probably going to be a player uh, moving forward. I, I like his game. Before the draft, I kind of thought he might be a good fit for the Warriors because I thought he could be like a Jonas Jerebko type. And maybe that's what he is moving forward. Who knows? But he's got a wet jumper, but he's also a spaz, kind of like Tyler Hansborough. And I remember the last time they played, I think KD fouled him and he started talking. So then Draymond just made it his his life goal to talk as much as possible about Mo Wagner during that game. And the same thing happened in this game. Wagner breaks loose on a transition uh, fast break, throws down a dunk, Draymond fouls him, and Mo starts, you know, getting super hyped. And uh, everyone's kind of like, what? what?" And Draymond started talking a bunch of, bunch of ish, which was fun. <laughs> Kevon Looney struggled, kind of butterfingers this game. And some of the passes weren't great, but he's usually a little more reliable than he was uh, this game. Draymond Green was really locked in in that second quarter once the Lakers kind of started making a comeback. He was defending like crazy, and then he rolled his ankle on a, an alley-oop. And he did end up coming back, but, you know, obviously wasn't 100%. Got it retaped and came back in the second half, but was not the same. Uh, but still a good player, still obviously better than, than the replacement player they could have put in. Uh, they were back-cutting the hell out of the Lakers. I mean, K, uh, excuse me, uh, Clay, KD had a few, uh, McKinney. They, they were getting to the hoop against him, and that, the, the Lakers were able to clean it up in the third, but it was something that was really happening in the first half. Warriors were, were getting to the hoop. And again, I mentioned KD's shot total. He only had seven shots in the first half. That I, you know, we got we to gotta up that a little bit. So he had seven in the first, six in the second. When a guy's that efficient playing that well, I'd like to get him more shots, especially when Steph can't hit the broad side of a barn. I never understood that saying, but I think it fits here. I'm, I'm not even sure. I had in the third, I, I talked about already, Steph missed that technical free throw, which was terrible. <laughs> Cousins is still hesitant to shoot jumpers. I, I don't know what it is. I thought he'd be, you know, pulling the trigger a little more. He has a real affinity for going for the pump fake and then driving, and it wasn't really working out. And you know what? In, in his defense, the jumpers weren't falling either when he did take them. Uh, I think he went one of five from three on the night you would expect a little better, but I also think the legs aren't quite there yet. Obviously it's what his sixth game. So he still has a ways to go. Uh, the more alarming part is the touch around the basket. Hasn't really been there. And maybe that's something that he needs to, you know, still knock more rust off of. I mean, obviously he does, 
but I think it'll all come back and he'll be, you know, pretty much the same. Steph just played bad. That's all he was doing. And this really mirrored the Philly game where they played well in the first two halves and then started getting their ass kicked in the third. And it wasn't until there was 5.30 left in the third that Boogie and KD run a little pick and roll. KD drops it to Boogie and Boogie throws down a nasty dunk on Kyle Kuzma. Uh, got the, the block call, the M1 call. He stared him down. Andre tried to stop him, and he couldn't. Still got teed up, did boogie, <laughs> but uh, didn't didn't matter. That pretty much changed the entire game. After that dunk, the, woke up the crowd, woke up the team. The Warriors outscored the Lakers 40-21. to Not only did boogie have that monster dunk that you will see everywhere, <laughs> Uh, about a minute later, Andre Iguodala had his own nasty dunk over the head of his buddy JaVale McGee, who uh, that was the second time Andre dunked on him uh, because earlier in the night, Andre was the one who gave him his championship ring, which was a nice moment. Happy for JaVale. Uh, but Andre deked him, opened the box, no ring. No ring. Andre, man, Andre gives me life. I can't lie. Uh, that, but like I said, Boogie with the dunk at five minutes and 30 seconds left, energized the team, energized the crowd, got everyone going. Uh, Steve Kerr was taking Steph out, uh, in the first and the third with about two and a half to three minutes left, just so he can get him back in another minute or two early in the second and fourth. And I kind of like that. I kind of like that rotation. You still get most of the first and third with Steph and KD. But one thing that it was talked about when, Steve Kerr was really staggering them is it takes away Steph's ability to, you know, go off in those last two, three minutes like we've seen him do uh, because he can do it and has done it a million times before. But I don't think that's the biggest deal, especially because I don't think something that he's going to do every single game. I think he does it situationally certain games. So Steph came back in. He was all of eight from the field, uh, entering the fourth comes in, in the fourth quarter. And you all knew this was coming. This wasn't, uh, the biggest explosion for Steph, but he did end up going five of seven from the field two of four from three and 12 points in the fourth. He comes in and has one of those sequences where he embarrasses Zubats, uh, you know, couple crossovers, drives to the hoop, little lay in, then two straight threes and Steph's back. No problem. Steph is back. Uh, Sean Livingston and Andre had a nice little run also when putting this game away. Sean comes down, hits one of his patented mid-range jumpers, and then Andre knocks down two straight threes. Uh, Andre has the Lakers number this year for whatever reason, and uh, it's great to see, but I don't know why he you know, plays better against the Lakers, maybe because it's against JaVale or something, who knows. But it was a, a good game, good win. Uh, you know, all things aside with Steph's struggles, KD not getting enough shots when he's playing well. Clay actually played really well, which was also good to see, uh, especially after he missed the last game against the Sixers with illness. Not specific what the illness was, but he did go 10 to 15, 4 7 from 3, 4 28 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. I mean, he's he's averaging career highs in rebounds and assists this year. Uh, he was also named to the all-star team, which I think is great. The Warriors have three all-stars this year. Uh, you know, too bad it's not four, but oh well. One of the factors that I do like is I think this will piss Draymond off to a level of of some great basketball, but we'll see. Uh, so that's the Lakers game. Warriors win. Kind of ho-hum, except for the, the struggles of Steph, basically. 
Uh, Going to talk some trade deadline, some post-game stuff that was said. Boogie had some things to say. Steve Kirby and funny as always. That's all coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. What's good? So playing the Lakers will always bring a good amount of Lakers fans to the game, and they were there on Saturday. And there was a point where they were chanting, we want clay, which real clever. Uh, and Steve Kerr was asked about it after the game. And Steve said, well, yeah, they, they should. And, you know, Steve, Steve, I call him Steve, first name basis. Uh, great response. I wouldn't have even thought of that. You know, probably would have been like, oh, no, I didn't, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear him, you know, play it off. But great resp- response from Steve Kerr. And it's a great point, too. Yeah, any team should want Clay Thompson. And I, I think the game against Philly also really showed how important he is to the Warriors. Not that it needs to be shown, but uh, it's a nice reminder. Nice reminder for Clay and for the Dubs. Uh, Boogie was asked post game about the way he's being officiated. I'm going to play the whole clip for you. Uh, the question and response uh, from post game. Maybe you not being officiated the way you're used to being officiated. <laughs> I'm just wondering, do you feel like the officiating is different for you now than it has been? Next question. You know, man, <laughs> I'm going to let you answer that for me. You, you answer that for me without me having to say anything. <laughs> man. It's tough, man. We'll figure it out, though. We got a lot of time to figure it out. If you couldn't hear the question, basically it was, you know, are you being officiated differently, uh, different than you're used to? And Boogie basically, without saying it, said, yes, absolutely. It's tough, you know. We'll see if it changes. I don't know how big of a deal it is, but yeah, you could, you know, you could definitely get some more calls. He's banging in the post, probably get some more calls, but, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Moving on. Another beautiful transition by me. Uh, Let's talk some trade deadline. Let's talk some trade news. All that good stuff. More probably important for the buyout market as far as the Warriors are concerned. But I just want to talk some of this AD stuff because you're not fooling anyone, dude. You're not fooling anyone. The latest is that the Lakers are up in their offers, which they should. I mean, there shouldn't be anything stopping them from putting everything on the table to try and get Anthony Davis. And I understand it's a negotiation and you're playing the game. Uh, Screw that. You have a bunch of underperforming draft picks, bunch of young players who really aren't that great. You put them all on the table for Anthony Davis. Stop playing the game. Stop pussyfooting around. You put Ingram, Kuzma, Ball, Zubac, Hart, Whoever they want, uh, Svi, uh, uh, Wagner, every single one of them, future draft picks, you put it all on the table for Anthony Davis. And they're playing the game right now, you know, going back and forth, which is just, uh, maybe it ends up working out for the Lakers. But it didn't work out when they tried this with Paul George. And I don't know if it's going to work out with Anthony Davis either. But it's pretty clear Anthony Davis wants to be a Laker because he just came out with a list today of other teams he'd be willing to go to. And one of them was the Knicks. Another one is the Bucks, 
And the last one is the Clippers. You know what all three of those teams have in common? None, none of them have enough assets to get Anthony Davis. Uh, like, these guys think they're slick, but they're not. <laughs> no one's buying it. Uh, like, what, Tobias Harris is going to get it done? Uh, Malcolm Brogdon? It, it, it's It's ridiculous. So we'll see what happens. I still think the Pelicans wait until the summer because they're not on anyone's timetable but their own. You know when the deadline is? The deadline is next February, next year's trade deadline. That's when they have to get it done by. Not this year, not on the Lakers' timeline. It's on the Pelicans' timeline. So if I'm the Pelicans, I'm waiting until the summer when the Celtics can can come in and possibly offer Tatum, offer picks, offer a lot more uh, of an enticing package than what the Lakers are offering. And I'm all about the enticing package, you guys. <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> there's my little rant on the AD situation because it's it's pretty annoying. But we'll see what happens. Maybe it works out. Maybe they're playing it perfectly. And maybe they end up keeping some of their young guys. But I'm of the belief that you just you put everything on the table to get them in the same way you would do that for Kawhi, which they didn't do. I just... The the arrogance of the Lakers is kind of what everyone hates, and it's really rubbing me the wrong way, too. Anyways, other aspects of the trade deadline. Uh, there was an article out today that the Warriors, uh, Woj even, or excuse me, Mark Stein reported it. Uh, shout out Mark Stein and Woj and Shams and all the guys breaking all the news and keep me thoroughly entertained. That if Wesley Matthews doesn't get traded, he'll most likely be bought out, and a lot of teams would be interested. OKC, Houston, Milwaukee. Uh, and yes, Golden State. And so, as I've mentioned, I don't know what the priority should be with the Warriors, whether it's a wing or a big. I think it should be the best player they can get, whether it's a wing or a big. And if it is Wesley Matthews and DeAndre Jordan, Robin Lopez, if they have their choice, probably Wesley Matthews. But he's going to have options. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But it's very intriguing. I'm very intrigued by it. I hope he is too. I hope he is too, but we will see. Uh, that was one of the latest pieces of news that the Warriors are officially in on Wesley Matthews if he gets bought out. Wasn't just speculation, it's official. General Manager Bob Myers spoke to the media today about the trade deadline and the buyout market. Here's what Bob had to say. I don't know. I think, um, you know, it's, uh, I don't think anybody's inactive. I think. Every year you kind of have a guess of what you might do or might not do. Um, and usually you're wrong because you just don't know. I mean, there's other teams that present things that maybe you didn't foresee, but we'll see. I mean, the good news is I think pretty healthy. We know who we are, um, but um, we're not, I don't, I don't expect any big changes, but we'll see. You never know. How about the buyout scenarios? Are you like, or do you have a preference of wing center as more just available? I don't know. I mean, we'll see who's bought out, first of all. And then uh, if it's a player we think makes sense, they can help us win a championship, then we'll look at it. Whether it's a wing or a big, it's hard to, uh, hard to know right now. I guess that's, we're still probably, I don't know, a week or so away from those things happening. Um, uh, but I do like the fact that we're pretty healthy, so there's no dire need for anything. But if, if we see a player that makes sense and can help us, we'll, we'll pursue it. But right now, so pretty standard GM response there. Didn't really give you much. 
to uh, to talk about or anything. But I do like that he said we're not inactive. No one's inactive. Like we're we're doing our due diligence. But I do think this team is still waiting for the buyouts to try and figure out what their next move is. There were some funny moments after the Lakers game and today as well. I want to get to those. Steve Kerr is a funny guy. And League Pass Picks, those are coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. Charles T. Hamilton, what's up? So after the Lakers game on Saturday, the Warriors coaches gathered around to watch the end of the Denver Nuggets-Minnesota T-Wolves game because if the Nuggets won... It would be the Nuggets coaching staff coaching the All-Star game. If they lost, it would be the Warriors. And nothing against coaching the All-Star game. It is an honor. But when you do it so many years in a row, as Steve Kerr has, it loses its luster. You'd rather take the the week off to relax and recoup. And as it was happening, Steve Kerr openly rooting for the Nuggets. As it happened... He was in his uh, post-game interview. The coach's locker room started cheering, and that's when he knew that the Nuggets had won. Steve Kerr was asked about it post-game with Mindy Bach of ABC7, and Steve Kerr, funny as always, said, yeah, you know, it's tough. Not going to be able to spend five days in Charlotte. Uh, Heartbroken about it. Going to have some load management. Little, Little dig at LeBron there. Good old Steve. Cracks me up. Uh, Steve Kerr was also asked today about the Super Bowl and watching the Super Bowl and Steve Kerr, perfect, said, you know, it just gets old watching the same team win the whole thing. Uh, Sorry, was that really arrogant, wasn't it? It was kind of fun to say that. Shout out, Steve, man. Just, he gets it. He gets it. I love that. Taking a little dig at the, you know, oh, it's so boring. Same team wins it. Good old Steve. Again. First name basis, call him Steve. League pass picks for this evening. Uh, I would say Warriors, but man, the Warriors have three days off in between games. It, it's been a funny stretch, but it also makes sense as to when they brought Boogie back because they've had three or four different games where they have two full days off in between and now three days off for this one. So he's been able to get plenty of rest and uh, load management. No, I don't know. That's... It's just a weird term. I'm going to pick Spurs and Kings for tonight. The Kings are just exciting, man. And the the pace and tempo that they play at could be could be tough for the Spurs. It's going to be a matchup of styles. It's going to be a tough one. And then I don't know, the games aren't great. Pacers Pelicans should be good, uh, especially with Oladipo out. It's a little more even and no AD, uh, but I don't know. These teams aren't great. Let's go Bucks Nets. You know, I'm high on the Nets. Bucks obviously best team or best record in the game. So yeah, Bucks Nets. That's what we'll do. That's what we'll do. Watch out for the Rocket Suns too, man. The Suns are always able to go off. I keep saying that and they never do. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Warriors. I'll be back tomorrow with another episode. This has been Locked On Warriors on Locked On Podcast Network. Peace. You can't climb a mountain if it's smooth. Right, you gotta go over the rough spots. <laughs> Peace. You are locked on Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.